welcome to the latest episode. Um, I think this is number five. Don't quote me on that. Don't. Because I, I lost track. Okay? I lost track. But um, this episode we're talking to Olivia, who I've had on this uh, podcast before, first season. Um, Olivia and I have known each other literally since we were babies and diapers. We are cousins. We're cousins. No one can tell us otherwise. But we're not cousins by blood. Uh, we're cousins, be- cousins. I'll say quote unquote cousins, because our families have been celebrating holidays and going on trips together literally since we were in diapers. Um, Olivia and I were best friends um, when we were little. We went to Hawaii together, which was honestly I I don't remember it, but there are pictures to prove that it happened in many stories. Um, there are so many, so many, uh, things that, like, so many times that our family spent together, and it, it makes me wish that we had grown up in the same town, because she grew up in LA, I grew up partially in Ohio, and then we moved to Tennessee, um, but I'm very grateful for having moved out to LA, so that we can rekindle our friendship and relationship. In 2018, I moved out to LA, where she lives, and honestly, it was like time hadn't passed. I know that the like probably the last time we saw each other was either like a Christmas or Thanksgiving where my family went up to LA to see my grandparents and then her family would come and spend that time with us. Um, I'm a homebody. We know this, right? If you didn't know that already, that's what I am. And Olivia was always and still is ready to go out and have a good time at any time. She showed me all the fun and cool places and introduced me to her friends. We had so much fun. This was in 2018 when I first moved out there. And really the whole time that I was there. We had so much fun while I was out there. Then in 2020, when I moved back home, moved back home to Tennessee, she eventually moved to Maine for school with her boyfriend. We stayed connected and once it was safe again, we visited family in Miami because my family that lived in LA right before the pandemic, I think it was actually 2019, moved to Miami when the other family that I had there moved to Ohio, where we're all originally from. Um, Olivia is one of the smartest people I know, like actually, like seriously. She may be the life of the party, but she is also the smartest person in the room. Um, Not that that is shocking at all with how much she has worked and put into her goals and ideas, but she also expects that of the people around her in her life. She sees potential in people and wants them to succeed at, succeed at their highest level because she knows that they can. Olivia has been one of the biggest motivators in my life over the past couple of years, from pulling me out of my shell to, onto the dance floor on nights that we went out, and to encourage me, encouraging me to go after my dreams and keep pushing, even when they seem silly and unachievable, to me at least. On top of that, she has been the person in my life pushing me to prioritize my mental health above all else. I've struggled a lot, like a lot of other people, and have, maybe it's because it's something she studies, or maybe she knows me well enough, but she has always pushed me to get to know myself better and talk to professionals about what is going on, and at no point was there any judgment or critique on how I handled things. She is kind and gentle at its purest purest form which makes me know that she will be one of the best OT for children, elderly, or anyone that is in need of her specialty. 
Olivia is incredible, and I'm so lucky to have her in my life, and I can't wait to grow old and host family gatherings forever with her. Because it will happen. We will be the people that host Thanksgiving and Christmases. It's it's a done deal. It's already been established. Um, I'll let you see how great she is in this conversation, because it's it's... I've talked to her before, and if you listened to the episode before, you probably know, but it's the truth, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I am a second year student in my master's for occupational therapy. Um, I am currently attending the University of Southern Maine, so I live in Maine. Um, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, so Maine is very different from that. Um, A lot of, not only the weather, I mean, it's snowing right now, but a lot of different culture shocks that I had to experience, but it was a good experience. Um, I'm actually deciding now to go for my doctorate, so that's going to be all remote after I get my um, master's and uh, my license in occupational therapy. So I'll just be doing my doctorate part-time while I'm working full-time, which can be done anywhere. And it's nice because I'm moving back to California and a month and a half. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. Um, I also work part-time. I do like a bunch of stuff while going to school full-time. So it's busy, but I'm very grateful for sure. For people who don't know, can you explain what occupational therapy is and then what you're getting your doctorate in? Yes, um, so that's like the, it's like a running joke in our field actually as OTs, um, we call it our elevator speech because you can't explain OT in less than 30 seconds. It's really hard, but I can try right now. Essentially, it's a branch of healthcare that um, helps you I guess, do the occupations or meaningful activities in your life after an illness or an injury, if you have a special need or a disability. Um, We work in so many different settings. We work with kids in clinics and in school base. Um, We also work even with like in the NICU and acute care um, for adults and then the NICUs for um, the babies. We work in uh, assisted living facilities, independent living, um, home health, rehab locations, um, working with adults, geriatric population, literally anyone can see an OT if you qualify for those services, if it's medically necessary. What I really want to do is work with people who've had like neurological trauma or like a stroke or something like that, Um, traumatic brain injury, anything that has to do specifically with the brain is so interesting to me. Um, We also do like uh, mental health. So that's also fascinating just because I have my bachelor's in psychology. And so I really like that lens that we work with um, mental health uh, population like people who are in inpatient settings and outpatient settings, um, stuff like that. So we do a lot of things. Um, Yes, that's really hard. That's like a lot to sum up, but. Uh, What are your goals with after getting your doctorate? Like, what do you want to do with this field and progressing in your career? I just decided to do my doctorate because you kind of need that in order to have like your own clinic or your own private practice. Um, 
and I, I'm kind of all over the place. I do really like working with kids. I have a lot of experience working with kids. Um, my first clinical rotation and why I'm moving back to Los Angeles is actually going to be in a sensory integration clinic in um, Torrance, which is not too far from where I'm from in Culver City. Um, sensory integration works with like usually it's a uh, typically with kids, I'm going to be doing early intervention, which means it's like under three years old. Um, so I really like that population. And essentially, we just do a lot of uh, sensory based therapies. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. It's very complex. Yeah. Um, but it's typically in an outpatient clinic. So I'll be there. And I'm really interested in that. That's always been my jam. Um, so maybe having a pediatric clinic of my own one day would be awesome or even working and doing like, um, you know, like neurotrauma based therapy and stuff and doing something along those lines, maybe collaborating the two. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure yet though. I really do like working with everyone, but we'll see. What got you or what kind of led you to this? Cause not everyone knows about OT. So what brought you to that occupation? Um, you know, it was so random because I originally went to school. I wanted to be a social worker or like a marriage and family therapist. I got my bachelor's in psychology, but I realized after doing like internships and getting more into it, like clinically, not just in the class, um, it wasn't a great fit for me. And I was just volunteering at this place not too far from my apartment that I was living in when I was 19 back home in um, Los Angeles. And it was a place where, um, they're known as non-public schools. Uh, essentially, it's a place where um, kids or students will go that's free for them. It's funded through um, other school districts in like the, uh, I guess like in the location. So like if you're in Los Angeles, you know, like Beverly Hills um, School District, Culver City, LA, whoever, they're all gonna come together and by law and they have to give some money to these NPSs because those special schools take all the kids that those, I guess, typical schools can't, I guess, handle in lack of better words. Um, they don't have the staff, they don't have the maybe training. Um, those kids are have very extreme behaviors. A lot of them have um, usually some form of autism or um, ED, which is emotional disturbance, something like that. Something that is like, they can't sit in a typical class, so they need a special school. Um, and I really liked work or volunteering there. And I found they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna go have OT time. I'm like, OT, I'm like, overtime time? I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah. And this lady walks out and she starts playing duck, duck, goose with these kids for 20 minutes and then dips. And I was like, wait a second, what is that? That, like, what job is this? Yeah. I looked into it and I was like, wait, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. And that's like, just how I got into it. but. I didn't even realize until like I was a senior in, in undergrad. And so I had to go back and take prereqs for like anatomy and biology and all that stuff that, you know, psychologists don't really have to know too, too much about because occupational therapy is um, very much about like anatomy and the body and how it works. And that we have to know all the bones and the muscles and the nerves and the this and the that kind of like how a nurse needs to know or a physical therapist needs to know. So we do all that too, but yeah. Um, what, what does, you work a lot and you go to school a lot. What does that have affecting your personal life? And what are you doing to like kind of separate the two and continue growing personally? Yeah, 
Yeah, even in school, we talk, there's a thing called occupational balance in what like what OTs thrive on and like try to like get our patients or our clients to live by. But it's so ironic because there's not a lot of that when you're a student. It's a lot of it's just like working um, if you can and going to school. Um, it's hard, I'm not gonna lie, like living somewhere where I don't have any family here in Maine. Um, my romantic relationship has hit a curveball and some turns in the last year. And that was my only social, emotional, kind of like family support too. Um, my, was my boyfriend is who I'm talking about and uh, his family. Um, they've been a good support, but again, it's not my family. It's kind of different. So it is very challenging. I try to just like keep in touch with my parents and like my sisters, you know, um, I try to talk with my friends as much as I can. I try to do some self-care. Um, the first year was hard. I didn't really do a lot of like, I'm pretty extroverted personally. And so I like to be around a lot of people and do a lot of things and stay busy. Um, but I couldn't do that while my first year because there's just so much reading and things to do. I think as you get the hang of it and you're in your program more for any, you know, whether you're going for, you know, a healthcare degree or a business degree or whatever, I think you start to learn like, okay, what, what can kind of, you know, go on the wayside and what needs to be focused on and what's more important. So finding that balance is tricky, but I think in my second year, I've kind of found it and um, I have no regrets. I mean, Maine is definitely not the place I want to raise kids or live here forever, but I'm really happy that I was able to come here and have a different kind of experience, um, even if it wasn't my favorite place to live. So I try to keep it positive as much as possible. Um, going to the gym has been amazing. I have never done, like I've never done physical exercise weekly. Um, and I do that now. I, I've never attended a gym or joined a gym before until I came here. And that's helped a lot with my mental and physical health. And um, that's, yeah, been my saving grace for sure. What is your, or what would you say is your kind of personal brand? Who are you to yourself and who are you to, or what do you want to be to other people? Personally or professionally? I definitely feel like I've always been someone that people can easily talk to. Um, I've been told this since I was a child. I don't know if that makes me like a natural born therapist or if it's my personality, just my temperament, I'm not too sure, but um, I feel like I always wanna be that, whether it's with professionally or with my friends and family, like I want everyone to be able to come to me, um, but also needing to still learn how to like set boundaries and take care of myself because when you soak all that up, other people's problems, it's kind of hard to like, you know, then focus on your own maybe. Um, so I definitely want to just be that like support for others, I think most mostly. Um, and I want to be like, I don't know, someone that is like fun to be around. I mean, I feel like everyone probably feels that way, but um, just like bring joy in other people's lives. like. I don't really necessarily feel like I need too much from others. Like I just have a lot, a lot to give. So I would say my personal brand is like, like almost like a mother. Like I'm very, like just a big caregiver. And like, even when I go out with my friends now, I mean, maybe not so much when I was younger, but now that I'm a little bit older, I like go out with my friends. I'm always the one who's like, okay, like I'll be the DD everyone. Like 
grab, you know, your jackets because it's cold outside and make sure you eat before so you don't throw up if you drink too much and things like that. Yeah. That's definitely me. Um, yeah, sounds super boring though. It, it, it is. Um, it very much is you. <laughs> yes, you feel me. <laughs> um, what is something you're loving right now or something that's bringing you peace? Separate from school, separate from work. What is something that's like, it could be the gym or something like that? Yeah, I was going to say definitely the gym, which is so funny because I never I never would have imagined a year and a half ago that I would have said that. Um, I definitely feel like, I mean, I guess it's kind of part of my work. I, I've never worked with a, a newborn baby or like an infant before. And I the mom, one of the families that I work for, the mom just had a baby like five or six months ago. So when I'm with him, it just brings me so much joy. I love being with him like I see him maybe two or three times a week just for a couple hours and it's just like so fun to see like someone grow like I've never I mean I have two younger sisters but I don't really remember it too much and like now being an adult and like taking my like pediatric courses and stuff I'm like oh he's doing the things that I learned in this in school and like watching him get bigger and like just seeing like a tiny little person soak up like the environment and life around it's like so fascinating and it, it just brings me so much joy so i love that and i love being around animals too like my friends dogs bring me a lot of joy um and my friends obviously too but i haven't i just feel like the friends that i have here are not my like i guess like my long-term friends and stuff since i just met them in school but they're still awesome you know but i just can't wait to to get back to where I'm from so I could be with my people more so that yeah brings me to yeah you want kids right eventually I, at some point. I do I want one maybe two I feel like more more one though why yeah. just one because it's just so much work and I see it like and I think that if I work with kids and then I come home to like a bunch of kids I'm not going to be happy I'm not going to want to play with them I mean maybe I think it's you think all these things and you say all these things before you're a mom or a dad and everything changes once you are so um but yeah and they're expensive too hello like i'm not trying to be struggling with three kids or anything like that but and i also am one of five technically i have two stepbrothers and then two little sisters and it's just like i see what my mom and my stepdad go through and it's just even though we're all grown up and adults now, except Grace, she's 13, but even then we're all pretty much grown up and it's there's still a lot of stress that your kids bring you. So it's just more stress, more problems, more money. One kid, just one perfect kid. <laughs> do you think that your job, and I mean, you said it, but your what you do on a day-to-day -day will affect how you bring your kids up or kid up and also your upbringing? How do you think that affects you as a parent or yes those are good questions um i think <laughs> i'm sorry tina and harvey if you see this um love you guys respect i think that each generation has different um things that you know we go through whether it's politically economically socially like the world has changed so much um and i think that the awareness of mental health and um just psychology in general has probably helped me not only like try to work on myself before i bring a new life into this world i think a lot of the times my own parents probably didn't really think like that i feel like they have a hard time um forgiving one another they you know they haven't talked for 
I want to say almost over 20 years at this point. Um, they just were not compatible, I guess. And so there was a lot of tension and trauma and things that they kind of put me and my sisters in between. Um, and I had a lot of stuff that I have to kind of go through, I guess. So kind of looking at my parents and mostly seeing what not to do, but also understanding and having compassion because they tried their best with the tools that they had. And maybe their parents didn't have the tools or the abilities or the access or opportunities to maybe do a quote unquote better job than they did. Um, so that's why generational trauma is so is so obvious and prevalent. I think that's a new concept that we're, we're talking about more so I think um, in our generation, right, then more so maybe theirs where they were less conscious of that. I'm not too sure. I don't want to overgeneralize, but I feel like that's been a trend. Um, and keeping that in mind and working on myself before I'm able to bring in, you know, a new life. And I don't want to project all of these things um, onto this innocent child that, that I bring in. So that's something that's always on my mind. Um, and I think too, like, with just my job, I mean, I feel like when you're in healthcare, yeah, it's great. You know, if you have a mom that's a nurse, it's like, oh, when you're sick, your mom, your mom, your nurse mom knows what to do. Like, that's amazing. It's also like a curse too, because I feel like I, I'm a little bit of an overthinker. And so if I see my kid, maybe not meeting the developmental milestones at the time that might be more typically appropriate or something that we would see, I'd probably freak out. You know, even when I get like a cold or a flu, I'm like, oh, this is pneumonia, I'm going to die. Like, I just feel like I'm a hypochondriac, so I need to like check that too. My mom's that way, she made me this way for sure. So just like being mindful of not projecting that stuff onto another little thing as much as you can. I mean, we're all human too. There's no one who's perfect, but being aware of that and yeah i mean kids these days though my goodness they have so much to worry about i feel like mental health i'm so glad it's talked about more because wow it is just a crazy world out there right now very very stressful for a little baby do you think about political or pop culture affairs when it comes to you or even just bringing someone into the world with the state that we're in I mean, there's good things that are happening, but there's also a lot of not so great things that are happening. And is that something that you also think about? Yeah, definitely. I think things have been bad, but I think because of like social media and the news and like TikTok and the kids like just have so much access. So they have so much knowledge. And like I said, like knowledge can be super powerful, but it can also be like not at the same time. It can bring um, you down, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I have a, I have a sister who's 13 and I'm twice her age and I was just with her and she just, she like, I get so like proud and like inspired by her and stuff. She's just like always talking about like, just like, she just seems so like, I don't know, lack of better words, I guess woke. She's very much like aware of political, social, racial preju um, prejudiceness, just all these things. And she really like, will educate like her parents like my stepdad and my mom like about all these things and I'm just like thinking in my head I'm like wow like you kind of kind of sound like me a little bit but also like <laughs> in a different way because I think Gen Z is that the generation yeah Gen Z they they have like a fire like lit under them they are the protesting generation they are the ones trying to help like with you know all the environmental 
catastrophic things that are going on with global warming and all these things are just so like aware and they're teaching history the right way finally now in public schools. I mean, it depends on where you live, I guess. Yeah. Oh my God. She does live in Texas, so I do worry because it's such a red state. Um, but she, regardless, she has, I mean, I don't have TikTok, but she pulls up all these TikTok things and she goes, look, look at this and this and this. And like, even the other day I was with her for over Christmas and my mom was like saying something like, we were talking about the difference between, I guess, like, black hair versus like I guess like my hair like white hair I don't know how you would say that a different yeah. way um and how like me and Grace were saying that we just like hate seeing when like white people put like dreads in their hair or like braids in their hair and like things like that my mom just kind of was like well there, anyone should be able to do anything that they want and and you know like black people they straighten their hair to make it more quote-unquote white so she and I think that she wasn't trying to come from a place of ignorance but it kind of came out that way and me and Grace, not even me, Grace just like stopped her and she goes, do you understand the history? Do you understand like, and then she was just going off and she's like, do you understand cultural appropriation though? Like, and do you understand why? And she's just like saying all the things, all the things. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're 13. I didn't talk or think like that at 13 because I don't think we had access to that at that age. Like our generation was more so like, I think I got the, my first flip phone at 13. You know, she has a smartphone and I, there was no social media. I think maybe I had MySpace at her age. That was it. And MySpace yeah. was not a place, as you know, for like any of that stuff about like all those things that we're talking about right now. But um, yeah, so I think that is what is like the forefront of the change that we're seeing with these like kids now. Um, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of negative too that can happen. There can be a lot of hate that is spread uh, faster and easier that way. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's something that I kind of need to keep in mind too. It's like, just because I have these ideas about how things should be and equity and equality and things like that, that doesn't mean that everyone thinks that way. And people are have every right to you know praise whatever ever god they want to love trump you know and it's their right like and i think that everyone should be able to express their rights and be peaceful about it it's just when there's not peace on either end that yeah. there's some issues and so i think that's the stress that kids are feeling these days more so than maybe we felt or our parents felt uh, just because of the the access to those um yeah, key points in history and things like that yeah. and like social media. Yeah, just things presently and in the past. We were not taught, and at least for me, I was not taught, you know, like history, I think, like at least American history um, accurately. Yeah. So. Well, when we were growing up, it was like one place of information. You went to school and that's where you learned it. Mm -hmm. I think now you go to school and you learn one thing you go to TikTok and you learn another thing. You hear from your parents another thing, because I'm sure that the history that we've been told changes by generation. So now you have kids that are 13 and 14 growing up with so much information coming at them, with so much aggression for the world that they've been brought into, they kind of don't know where to put it. So then it ends up on TikTok or places like that, where yeah. it just kind of, kind of sucks for that, that age it sucks all around but it sucks for that age definitely yeah and it sucks when you're like a little bit different like my sister isn't I guess like she doesn't follow gender norms she never has and so she's had a lot of like bullying that way and I think she's still trying to figure out her 
like gender and sexuality and all of these things and that's something that I never really questioned well actually just kidding I just wasn't open about questioning it I kind of hid that whereas now I feel like it's more accepting but she lives in Texas and she tells me that her school she's like you cannot be openly gay and she has very short hair like a just like a shorter haircut um and people she says people constantly come up to her and ask her if she's gay like every day because she has short hair and it's stupid i mean even when in california i think like she also had short hair she was like seven years old she cut all her hair off and everyone looked at her strange like i remember just like holding this little seven-year-old's hand like walking down to go drop her off at her classroom people just like staring because she no other little girl in a dress had short hair and so it's just strange little things like that are just they're weird I don't know yeah it's hard I did you know we had it hard in our own way and it just progressively is always going to get worse I don't want to say worse but it's just always going to be a different kind of hard yeah definitely which kind of sucks because then you want to have kids and then you don't know what you're bringing them into no that part yep (laughs) (laughs) definitely yes speaking of the future where do you see yourself personally? It could be not married. It could be a different job. You could change your mind on everything. But where do you see yourself from right now in five or 10 years? Um, five or 10 years, I am traveled a little bit more. I have my doctorate at this point. Hopefully I own a home and I have a child. Um, I don't know about marriage. I'm kind of, I don't know. It's because I'm traumatized from my parents' divorce. That was so brutal or just seeing how many married men cheat on their wives and things like that and just I don't know I think I have a very cynical view on marriage and relationships maybe right now too since my relationship isn't peaches and cream right now um but I definitely think that regardless I would love to just have a child even if like I told my mom recently that I'm very much thinking about the possibility in the future if I don't find anyone just to go to like a like a clinic like a sperm bank and like raise a baby on my own I feel like I've like I left at 18 I bought my car on my own I've lived in a few places on my own my parents never helped me with anything I'm like going to school on my own so I feel like I'm down to do everything by myself which can be good and bad I guess Um, and I know it'd be really hard to raise a child by myself but I think that like if anyone can do it it's definitely me Mm -hmm. and I think I'm going to be a really good mom so I don't want like to have like a quote-unquote marriage or like a husband or a wife or whatever like to make that happen like if I want something to happen I'm just going to make it happen whatever that means so um, but definitely traveling before any of that and uh, I would like to have a dog I really want a dog I haven't had an animal in a while and that that's hard um hopefully like in 10 years I'll definitely have my own clinic and doing some really good stuff for um the community I want to have like a nonprofit too I want to do a lot of different things I want to write a book want to do all the things so hopefully yeah. I can do that within 10 years um but the five years definitely like leaving Maine and traveling I try to see a foreign country at least once a year I've been doing that the last couple of years um, since the pandemic kind of lightened up and we've been able to travel so yeah trying to do that more definitely it's important where are some places you want to go I would love I would love to go to um Japan uh I yes I would love to go to Japan like Tokyo would be cool um 
it's really beautiful over there and I really like like Japanese culture um I also would really really like to go anywhere in like South America I have been looking at like flights to um Colombia and Brazil and like places like that I've never been in that continent before so that would be really awesome um yeah and I really want to go to Greece though you know this yes <laughs> so that would be amazing and doing a Europe trip I mean I've been to Europe before but um not that much I went when my mom moved to France uh, I went for like a summer in the south of France we didn't really do much we went to Paris for like a couple hours and you know I was pretty young so um yeah getting back to to Europe and like going to Spain and Italy and like the Amalfi Coast and doing all that typical stuff that Americans like to do when they go to Europe I guess um yeah who would you say is the most important person in your life or persons or people that you hold the closest definitely my mom for sure um and my sisters I guess my dad is on that list too um we've had a hard we've had a hard uh journey me and my dad I mean I guess me and my mom too but I hold those people very close to my heart um my best friend Jasmine and Marissa and um you know my extended family too like the Tyrese and they're very close to my heart as well I've known them since the day I was born um definitely will like I've known him for 10 years I'm always going to care for him I hold him close to my heart with whatever happens so yeah yeah if you were on any stage this is the last question if you were on any stage anywhere for like a TED conference a TED talk and you had a theme what would your theme be it kind of goes hand in hand with your personal brand but what what would you give a TED talk about I want to be like a motivational speaker do a TED talk for women in um science or like STEM research or anything like that and like or just a healthcare in general um and how we can like help each other and bring each other up um and just like how to have the balance and being able to tell women like you can do it all you can be a mom you can be a boss ass bitch you can be like you know the world traveler if you want to you can have your like masters or doctor whatever phd whatever you want to do and you can still like you know just have you can do it all i think that a lot of the times people get scared and and stuck almost like no oh, i can't do that that's just very intimidating i wouldn't be able to do that but i think that mental block is just like once you get rid of that mental block that like it's endless opportunities obviously some people are kind of born with a silver spoon or more opportunities than others and some people have to work really hard to get where they want to be but i think it's possible and i want to just be able to motivate people especially women i think because we just get paid less and like you know there's all these other like kind of a marginalized group too um which is stupid because we literally make up 50% of the freaking world so right uh, it's just and yeah there's just so much like unjust things like i mean i'm just kind of talking about the united states but obviously in other countries too it's just awful like in some places for women so i would do that and i think for another one that comes to mind is just i would love to like find some kind of like like i don't know 
some kind of like cure to some kind of disease or like talk about something like neuro based like neuroscience based um I'm not too sure exactly what that would be like but um yeah that would be really cool that's awesome yeah I feel like anyone that I've asked about the TED talk it's very centered on women can do anything and stop not to be felt like you back. Sorry. It's okay. APS guys. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of consistent on that kind of conversation, which I think is really important, especially right now, because definitely in college, a lot of us were probably told, you can do this, you're really good at it, but good luck having a family if you want to succeed. Right. Like, right. that was like, we had a seminar in college because of like on that topic like if you want to have kids this isn't going to work out for you from female professors so that was something that I think we all kind of struggled with and it's interesting that it's across the board for any woman in any field yes definitely I highly recommend watching on Netflix it's um uh, the show called Explained, and uh, I think there's an episode about the wage gap with women and like that disparity that we have compared to men, um, and how it happens. And they talk about it's because we're the ones who bear the children and have to go on maternity leave. And so, let's say you're neck and neck, I don't know, with an with a male coworker, and then you get pregnant and you have to take a month or two. Really, you should be taking more than a month or two, but let's say that person's gonna have a month or two advantage and so you're just this just keeps happening and so it's so dumb but I don't think that that should deter you from being able to pursue everything that you want to pursue as a woman and yeah I agree it's across the board in every field and it's so stupid because I don't think that I think that if you have a if you have a partnership I know it doesn't always happen this way, but ideally, if you have a partnership, the other person should be doing stuff too, whether that's your wife, your husband, whoever, um, or your girlfriend or boyfriend, whoever, whatever your situation is, it's a partnership. So it doesn't need to be you. Yeah, you're going to carry that baby for nine months, but that doesn't mean that you have to be the only one doing everything for that baby. Like, I think that women take this upon themselves. Like we need to do everything. We need to be like the schedule manager and then to clean the house and keep the household straight and all these things. It's, and then cook dinner and also work. No, that's not right. Like, it's just not, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing about it. Like it's not going to happen. And at that point it's like, that's why I don't mind even going to a clinic because it's like, dang, if I like don't find anyone who's going to be my teammate, I'm going to just do it all myself anyway. So why even have this extra energy or space like of someone else here like no yeah <laughs> just too cynical about this don't ask me anything about relationships right now but I think it is yeah like you said it's very interesting that you've heard this and I think it's something that needs to change and we all feel it for sure yeah it sucks but I think it's good that we all kind of feel the same way like that it doesn't need to be the way that it is right now and that we can make that change and you can do all the things that you, if you have one life, you have one chance to do everything that you wanted to do. And if kids are a part of that, that shouldn't deter you from doing everything else you've kind of set your mind to. And the, the society of it all should not have to make you feel that way, I guess. I know, I know. 
we need to help moms more too like oh my gosh that's another that's another tangent though we just need more like people in healthcare who work with kids usually make less pediatricians like occupational therapy pe- like pediatric people like everyone in Pete's teachers like we just all get paid less they don't the this country doesn't put an emphasis on childcare and the future which are kids and all these things it's just it's very strange to me um but also you can't you don't have the option to not have a child but bring the child into the world and we're not going to help you with it yeah yeah and everything's so expensive too like oh my god like you know yeah but try to end on a happy note you know (laughs) 